Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership where we dive into the data and analytics influencing our region's economy. Today is Tuesday, December 6th. I'm your host, AJ Mistretta, and I'm joined again today by Partnership Chief Economist Patrick Jankowski. In this episode, we're hitting on two very different but critical topics that help shape our economic future, the energy markets and metro employment. We'll talk about each and discuss a big event happening later this week. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. AJ, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, and it's always a pleasure to share insights with our listeners out there. Absolutely. My voice is a little different today, a little a little hoarse, but I'm, we're going to work through it together. Patrick, uh, your, your horse, does that mean you have a little cold? No, no, I think it's just the change in the weather. I think my allergies have been acting up. There's some stuff in the some stuff in the air that I think <laughs> that was a pun, AJ. I said you have a little cult. Oh, see, you know, pronunciation. I got you now. I'm with you. <laughs> okay, I'm let's let's you. get uh, let's, let's get back to the data. Let's that, start that, with the data. That's an economist <laughs> joke, folks. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Patrick, uh, I understand we've reached a milestone in the energy business last week. What was that milestone? Oh, gosh, AJ, it's taken us three years to get here, or, or nearly three years. But we finally, finally have gotten back to where we were with the number of drilling works working in the U.S. to where we were prior to the pandemic. And we had 784 rigs working. So we're, ju- we're just, you know, pretty much there. I mean, we're just a one or two shy, but we're, we're there. We're, we're back to where we were prior to the pandemic. You know, we had fallen as low as only having 244 rigs working in the U.S. And so to climb back up from 244 to 784, that's really a big deal. And it's a sign that the energy industry is just about recovered. That's fantastic. Uh, does that mean, though, Patrick, that we're going to see a dramatic increase in actual U.S. production? Well, we have seen some production growing. A little bit of a difference, though. When we're drilling wells uh, up to this point, we're drilling some of the, the best primus spots the places where we're drilling wells are, are still good, but not as good as they were maybe a few years ago. So we're not hmm. getting quite as much production, but we are doing well. Uh, we are looking at uh, probably producing just shy of 12 million barrels a day in August. We had the most recent data for. Uh, I mean, that's up. Back in May of, of 2020, at the worst part of the pandemic, we're only producing 9.7 million barrels a day. So you can see we've definitely gone up. Uh, but we're still about a million barrels a day from our peak. And our, our, our peak was in November of, of 2019. So we have a ways to go, but uh, hopefully we'll we'll get there with the rig count going up. All right. So, you know, standard uh, reasoning would suggest that with the rig count going up, that must mean employment has fully recovered as well. But I have a feeling that's not the case. Yeah, it's one of those. Yes, but yes, things are doing well, but employment's not quite there yet. Uh, you know, you, when you look at oil and gas, there are lots of different categories and subcategories, but probably the two most important, one is oil field services. That's the guys who are actually out in the field. Those are the guys who are on the rig floor. Those are the guys and gals out sweating, you know, out in the heat. And then there's the exploration production. It tends to be more the, the white collar workers, the guys here back in Houston who are uh, figuring out where to drill and handling all the logistics and paying the bills and so forth. Well, we've done... Well, in the sense uh, of Texas has gotten a lot of its jobs back, but but Houston, not quite. Uh, and Houston, we've only gotten back about 50, 54% of the exploration jobs and only about 51% of the oilful service jobs. So we still have roughly, we're still roughly 10,000 jobs shy of where we should be. 
you say, well, gosh, how can we get production up and how can the can't be up? It's because we've gotten so much more efficient. It doesn't take as many people to find the same amount of oil as it did just a few years ago. Patrick, do you think we will ever get to that level of employment again in the energy sector, specifically around oil and gas production? I could see us getting to where we were prior to the pandemic, but I don't see us getting to where we were back in 2014. I mean, if you want a little bit of history, if you want to dig back, uh, if you go back to December 2014, we had over 300,000 people working in the industry. Now we have just over 200,000. So we lost close to 100,000 jobs, and, and then we lost still some more in the pandemic. We picked them back up. If you want to go really far back, you want to go back to the early 80s. We had 4,500 rigs working in the U.S. Mm. So you can see we've got 3,800 fewer rigs working then, but but production's up now. Yeah. We find we, we, it's easier to find the oil. It's uh, we're producing more and so forth. It's just a matter of efficiencies. And, you know, and the efficiencies apply to labor as well. I really don't think we're going to ever get back to where we were. Uh, we, we may never get back to where we were prior to the pandemic just because we're so much better at finding oil now and, and we could do it with, with fewer people. All right. So uh, where is crude actually trading right now? Well, just before we came on the podcast, I, I went and looked it up on the internet. Uh, $77.25 a barrel. Now, roughly, let, let's just make it easy, $77, $78 a barrel. Uh, that's a nice price, but we really would like to see it higher. We would like to see it around $90 a barrel. I mean, I mean, even, even OPEC would like to see it at $90 a barrel. Even though the price of crude has gone up, the cost of finding that crude has gone up. Hmm. Uh, it used to be that you could find a, a new barrel of a crude roughly at, at $50, $55 a barrel. Now it's like $65, $70 a barrel. Uh, to break even to cover your costs. So now if we see crude drop below $70 a barrel, you're probably going to see a little bit pull back on drilling. But as long as it stays above 70, I, I think we'll be okay. All right. All right. Um, what can we expect for the year ahead in terms of the energy market? Well, well a couple of things. Um, there's a lot of unknowns out there. Uh, one of the unknowns is what's going to happen with the economy. Is the U.S. going to slip in a recession? Is the world going to slip in a recession? I really don't think the U.S. is going to slip in a recession, but I do see perhaps slower economic growth. Slower economic growth means there's going to be less of demand or we're not going to see the same sort of growth and demand for crude. Uh, that said, uh, we'll still probably see crude trade somewhere above $80 a barrel. Uh, that's what the Energy Information Administration is forecasting. And we're going to see uh, exploration budgets have picked up. You can see exploration budgets or are probably going to be up uh, 20%, 25% next year. But the problem is, even though expiration budgets are up 20 or 25%, the energy industry is dealing with the same sort of cost issues and wage issues that everyone else is. And a lot of that increase in the, in the capital expenditure budgets, the CapEx, is going to be eaten up by higher costs. So we'll see a marginal increase in money available to drill, which hopefully will get that production up. It'll help to get that production up if crude stays uh, above $70 a barrel. I, I ideally above $80 a barrel, we'd like to sit around 90. But right now, you know, as you look at things, even with the uncertainty out there, I don't see a, a dramatic drop off in production. I don't see a dramatic drop off in prices. And unfortunately, I don't see a, dr a dramatic increase in hiring. I could see some hiring next year, but I don't see dramatic hiring in the energy industry next year. All right, Patrick, before we continue, I do want to take a moment to say thank you to our Bayou Business Download sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make today's podcast possible. Learn more about Fifth Third Bank and the services they provide at 53.com. That's the numbers 53.com. Patrick, let's shift topics a bit and talk 
about the most recent jobs report for Houston. We've been, you know, dissecting the energy market specifically, but how did Houston do overall in October in terms of job creation? It's a shame this is a podcast because if it, if it was video, the, the listeners could see me smirking just a little bit. The numbers came out really, really good. Actually, they came out too good. Mm. Actually, they, they actually came out too good to be true. The Texas Workforce Commission, they, they put out the report once a month, once a month on, on jobs created across the state. We get it by the metro areas. I've got it for Houston. They said we added 32,400 jobs in October. Uh, yeah, and that, that sounds great. I mean, it, it's a wonderful jobs number. There are years we don't create 32,000 jobs. Right. But the problem is, over the last 12 months, Texas Workforce Commission has said we've created 30,000 jobs in six of the last 12 months. It's unheard of. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just not, it, it's just not, doesn't happen. If you go way back, if you go all the way back to the, the last 20 years, there've only been 14 months where we've created 30,000 or more jobs. And two of those are coming right out of COVID. So it's just unheard of for us to be creating that many jobs. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm not trying to snatch a victory from the jaws of defeat or something like that, but these numbers are just too good. Hmm. Uh, if you look at it, if you add all the numbers together, Texas Workforce Commission is saying that we've created 194,000 jobs over the last 12 months. Houston has never created that many jobs in a year. Right. I mean, it's like saying one in every 17 jobs that exist now were created in the last 12 months. It just it just defies logic. So uh, I really expect at some point the numbers are going to revise backwards. Mm. They're not going to be revised way back, but they're going to be revised back substantially. But is the net net of this, Patrick, that we've had a tremendous year in job growth? No matter whether we see that growth corrected a bit downward, it's been an incredible year, right? Oh, oh gosh, yes. This is this is one. Gonna, this is still going to be one of the five best years on record for job growth for Houston. I mean, the strong job growth. You know, it helps explain why home sales were so strong earlier in the year and still remain. They're weakened, but they're still strong. It explains why traffic congestion is so bad. Even though we're only working in the office two or three days a week, it seems like every day there's congestion on the freeways. Uh, it explains one reason why Houston's inflation tracked above the rest of the nations. You know, our inflation rate was hotter than the rest of the U.S. for a while. That's because there was so much, the demand for everything was so much stronger here. So there's no doubt we've had just incredible job growth, but we have not created 200,000 jobs in a single year. Do you have an estimate, Patrick, of what you think is, is a, a, a real figure for what we've created this year? Well, I'll let you know. There, there are a couple of ways to look at that. Uh, the Dallas Fed does its own analysis of the Texas Workforce Commission data, and they pull up something called a quarterly census of employment and wages, which is uh, actually a better set of data. The stuff we get from the Texas Workforce Commission, the, the TWC, they do a survey of employers, hmm. and, and and they they have a sample and, and like any sort of survey, it could be skewed based on the sample, based on the response rate, based on whether you, whether people have structured the sample, whether they're answering honestly, all sorts of reasons why. QCEW, it's based on employment records. Anybody who employs, uh, has a soured employee in the state, you have to be paying unemployment insurance for them. And what the QWC does is it counts just the number of employees in the state that are being covered by unemployment insurance. So it is hmm. a, an administrative record. And so the Dallas Fed takes this data on a quarterly basis and looks at it. And, and their number is saying we've only created about 172,000 jobs. 
the last 12 months. So you can see already uh, they've ratcheted it down by, by over 22,000 jobs. Yeah. And, and there's still another set of data that you can look at. Uh, it's called the local unemployment statistics. That comes from a totally different survey. It comes from the, the current population survey. It's something that the Census Bureau does that do it for the Bureau of Labor Statistics on their behalf. And what they do is they, they call people up at home and ask questions. Are you working? Or are you not working? Are you unemployed? Are you looking for all those sort of things? That's how we get the unemployment rate. But it also gives you an accurate count of how many people are working in your region. I, I should say, it means how many people in your region hold a job. There could be, you know, classic. They live in Fort Bend County but they work in Harris County or they could live in Harris County and be an airline pilot and flying back and forth to LA. So it's just counting pretty much where people live, regardless of where they work. If you look at that number, it's saying roughly through the local area unemployment statistics, we've only created 145,000 jobs this year. Gotcha. So you can but see you... there's a big discrepancy. There's a discrepancy between TWC saying 194 and the local unemployment statistic gathering series say we've only created 145,000. And yet you say only 145,000, and that would be a banner year, no matter yeah. how you slice it, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. When I say only 145,000, yes. Uh, so th that is, that's usually, that's twice what we normally create in a year. So it's still a great year, but it's just not 200,000 jobs. Yeah. And, and, and I guess one of my concerns is you get businessmen and women who go out and make decisions with the assumption that we've created 200,000 jobs and they may find out that we created substantially less mm. and it affects their, their plans. Right. Right. So as we talk about job creation in general, uh, kind of a good segue Tis the season, we are expecting, uh, a forecast from you later this week. Can you tell us a little bit about that event that we're having on December 8th, yeah, December 8th, Royal Sinesta hotel in the gallery area on the loop. Uh, we have an event. It's, it starts with uh, a group of our board members who are going to be sitting on a panel and discussing what they see and their aspect of the economy. We, we've got uh, Doug Lawson from CHI Health. We've got Isaac Johnson from TDECU. We've got Armando Perez with HEB. We've got Leslie Duke with Burns and McDonald. And uh, Mia Gradney with KHOU is going to be interviewing them and asking them from where they sit, what do they see happening in the economy next year? So we'll get a good insight into healthcare and retail and, and finances and, and so forth. And then after they talk about what they see in the industries, I will take the podium and share the insights I've gathered over the last 12 months as to the direction Houston's economy is headed next year. Towards the end of the event, I will provide the partnership's official forecast of what how many jobs we expect to be created next year. I'll let you know it's not going to be 200,000. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be somewhat less of that but uh, i will let you know I, I am expecting job creation next year even if we do slip into a recession it's just not going to be the same order of magnitude got it so i mean obviously as we've been talking about 2022 an incredible year hopefully 2023 a solid year as well despite the concerns over a recession but you'll give us some more details come thursday yeah, just just kind of a little bit of an insight. What's going to happen in Houston next year is really going to depend upon what happens with the U.S. economy and whether the U.S. economy goes into recession and then how deep or how long that recession lasts. Now, you can imagine it doesn't it doesn't take a doesn't take a rocket scientist, doesn't take an economist to tell you that if we're in and out of the recession fairly quickly, it's not going to have that much of an impact on Houston. 
But if we go into a recession for the U.S. and it, it prolongs and it goes beyond 2023 and into 2024, then we might start to have some concerns about the outlook for Houston's economy as well. But right now we have, you know, we've done these podcasts. We've got lots of momentum, lots of momentum that should carry us well into 23. It's a question whether that momentum will carry us well enough into 23. So when the U.S. starts to upturn, uh, we're, we're riding the coattails a little bit. and We have not fallen down. Patrick, thanks for uh, for having this conversation today. And I think we're all looking forward to some more insight later this week. Yeah, if you guys, if you're hearing this, please consider going to the event. Uh, you can find out how to register. Go to our website. We've got the web address, Lord, remember, Houston.org. Just click on events. It comes up there and you can, you know, and, and if if you go to the event afterwards, come up and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. I'd love, love, to, love to meet someone face to face. That's been actually listening to AJ and I talk, sharing some insights about the economy. And, and, and maybe I'll, I'll crack another pun or joke about a cult and a horse. So, but <laughs> something like Fantastic. that. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Patrick. Well, thanks for that. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss one of our episodes. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting that podcast page at Houston.org that Patrick mentioned a moment ago. You'll also find links to recent data and news updates and learn how you can get more involved in the work of a partnership to make a difference in Houston. A special thanks again to our sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make this podcast possible. And thanks again to you for listening to Buy Your Business Download.